Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. And welcome back into the Canicuck Institute podcast. Keith Chancy and Chad Hampsh in studio uh, talking, Keith, today about a theme in the Bible, something kind of fun to talk about, and that is really uh, the importance of, of Bible study and Scripture memory. And we're going to look at really just two passages that kind of um, that kind of give us a framework. We could look at a lot more, but two that give us a framework mm. of the importance of Bible study and in relationship to our intimacy with God. So we're going to start with Psalm 1. Would you mind yeah. reading for us Psalm oh, 1, yeah. verses 1 through 3? What a, what a great passage, Chad. You know, when you think of the psalmist here, how blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in the season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers, bro. Oh, that's good. So Ooh, we're that's gonna, meaty. We're gonna we're gonna work through the text and we're just gonna toggle back and forth between the, the verses here. Let me look at verse one. And um if you've if you're reading along in Psalm one, verse one, let me just bring to light a couple things and and really for us to understand that Psalm one is like um, the framework for all of the Psalms. He kind of lays out this this conflict of two men, two different kind of men, the men that walks faithfully with God in the Word of God, and then the man who doesn't, which verses 4, 5, and 6 focus on. But he says this, uh, walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the path of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Keith, you can't do anything else than no, that. Stand, that, sit, better, walk. Right? That, yeah. that covers our life. I, I'm there. Um, and, and so he is warning Men and women, that when we um, when we abandon the spoken word of God through the Bible, we end up in the company of evil mm. um, in our own life, in the people we walk alongside, and and there's a danger. Mm. And then he goes to verse two, which sounds eerily like a verse yeah. you just talked about in our last podcast. Break that down for us, Keith. Mm, boy, I tell you, I I just love that his delight. And when I think about that, I just go, wow, what a great, what a very positive, what a spiritually enjoying word that is. You know, I, I liken it to, you know, this is like the Beatitudes, you know, happy is a man who does this, you know, and I go, wow, I, happy is a person who meditates day and night. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He meditates on it day and night. And I, I just, you know, Chad, when I read that, it just makes my heart happy. Mm. Because I think about, you know, when I am going through a very difficult time and I meditate on God's Word, I read it. Now, I'm not just reading it, but I'm, I'm meditating on it. I'm letting it dwell. I'm letting it kind of go through me. And I'm going, mm. how can I treat people different? How can I wake up this morning and, and be in God's Word? How, I've got a lot of issues going on in my life. How do I trust God enough to get me through these difficult times? And how do I, you know, I'm kind of nervous about, you know, the finances. How am I going to do this? My kids are about to do that or that. You know, how do I just have this trust? And then I meditate mm. on the Word of God, and all of a sudden, this happiness, this supernatural happy feeling resonates through my body. I go, you know what? God's in control. Mm. Wow. W- wouldn't you say that that meditation piece is almost like a bridge between mm. knowing something yeah. up here and like applying the mm. Scripture that it, it, you didn't just read it this yeah. morning, but you actually carried it with you, mm. and it's on your mind? It's so good right there, Chad, because so many times what I do is I, 
you know, I remember when I first memorized scripture and all I was doing was I was trying to memorize the scripture to get it done. But then after I memorized it, I, I couldn't recall, I couldn't recall it. And what I found is that, you know, I would be out maybe in a football game or in class and a teacher would throw too much work on me and I would get angry. Hmm. And I go, but I just memorized that scripture. Why am I angry? Because I wasn't, a, I wasn't allowing it to resonate through my body. I only was, it was an intellectual thought. The brain had not connected to the heart. And until it connected to the heart and it began to change how I live and operate as a, you know, at that time, a young man. And now as an old man, I'm going, are you kidding me? There's nothing in my life that's more joyful than to recall scripture in any circumstance of life. That's good. That's good. And and that really leads to verse three, yeah. which is the result of meditating on God's word. I love, love this part. Listen to this. It says, he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. Mm. And, and there's two things I want to bring to just our attention. Number one, firmly planted, yeah. that this tree is not moving. Why, why is that important? Well, uh, I, Keith, you know this. I grew up close to the oh, Mississippi yeah. River. And um and there's really two kinds of trees that lay, are, are by the river. There are trees that are standing, and there are trees that just fall over. Mm-hmm. And they fall over because yeah. the, the 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 waters rise. They they have shallow roots, and when the waters rise, mm-hmm. they just fall over. They can't mm-hmm. they can't withstand the storms, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. But then there are trees that are massive with deep deep roots, yeah. and the storms come, and they're not moved. It's it, it's what we looked at in Philippians yeah. last time. That yeah. idea of standing firm. Yeah firmly planted by streams of water. And that's what happens when we meditate on God's mm-hmm. word is that mm-hmm. it becomes a part of us mm-hmm. and there's something deeper yeah. that happens. It's funny that you say that, Chad, you know, because I've been doing, you know, uh, I've been really getting myself ready to go on this hike that I'm about to go hike of a mountain. And as I do this, I've been hiking every place in Branson, all these mountains and by the creeks and the rivers. And, and there was a giant uh, windstorm the other day. And as I'm walking on my trails, there's trees everywhere in the middle of the trails, which were perfect just the other day. Yeah. And every one of them had a commonality. <laughs> they didn't have roots. Yeah. But yet the ones that had the roots, man, they were amazingly secure. And I go, man, I want to be like that guy. Yeah. That tree that is rooted. And I see those roots even going into the streams into the rivers, and I go, that just looks attractive, yeah. you know? And, th- and yet they still stand. They're there. Because the roots you are deep. that deep. Yeah. And he goes on in the text and says this, which yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. And okay. um, I-, I love this I because so often we see people, Keith, in ministry, that their, their leaves, their fruit are like this. Mm. Massive. Yeah. But but the problem is a lot of times people have a massive reach up mm-hmm. top, mm-hmm. but their roots are shallow, yeah. and eventually that tree is going to become yeah. top heavy and fall over. Yeah. But but the one that's firmly planted by streams of water is going to stand yeah. and have a far reach mm-hmm. of impact mm-hmm. of fruit of yeah. of seasonal leaves because they have deep roots. Mm-hmm. What have you seen in the years as you've watched people mm-hmm. in ministry and you've seen people yeah. have Massive, large canopies, yeah. mm-hmm. but then over time, the tree falls. What, what would be the variables you've seen in people through the years? You know, um, it's interesting to watch people that you you go, I man, I bet the bank on them. That guy is so awesome. That girl's so awesome because externally they look like everything's going on right. But it's the way we just got through looking at, if there's not a delighting in the Lord, if there's not a meditating day and night, 
if there's not a firmly planted by the streams of water, then there won't be the yielding of that fruit. And it looks good for a while, and they even get great positions in ministry. Mm. But you see, I think of it because I look at the fruits of the Spirit, and immediately I go, love, joy, peace, patience. <laughs> That's a hard one. Kindness. Got to slow down for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Man, every one of those, I could stop and talk about each one of those for a long amount of time because those are what I'm developing in my life as a Christian. And they're fruits that should naturally be there. They are there, but I can choose to let that grow deep or that root because I'm not meditating, I'm not in the Word. Man, it's quickly gone. It's really good. Um, we're going we're gonna to flip over now. If you're in Psalm 1, flip over in your Bible to John 10. And we're going to look at a, a a similar passage with maybe a different illustration, yeah. But but really the same thrust and the thr- same challenge for us as as a listening audience of mm. what we do. And it's called the parable of the good shepherd. Um, if, if if you've been in the book of John, you know John is really writing an altogether different gospel than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. He's mm. not as concerned with the the exact storyline and narrative of Jesus's life, and so. There's some cool imagery from Israel in, yeah. in this shepherd idea. So let's work through the text. Keith, you want to start in verse 1, and I'll work to 2, or verse, vice versa? Sure. I'll, I'll start right there. In verse 1, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth all of his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. Oh, that's so, I love there, that. Yeah, there is so much yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're just going to work back through this text again. And um, so in Israel, during the times, early times, Jesus's time, he's giving an illustration that would have been common to the people. And um, shepherds from all over the region would be, you know, tending their sheep during the day, but at night they would hire a local person who would have a fenced-in area in the city, and they would bring all of their sheep into the city, and, and the night watchman would protect their sheep while they got mm-hmm. to rest and do all those kinds of things. And so he kind of uses this yeah. word picture. So Keith, in verse 1, what is he, or really verses 1 and 2, what is the thrust of what he's trying to communicate to us <laughs> in, in that part of the text? You know, it kind of, he says it as well as I can say yeah, it, yeah. you know, because when you think about this, you know, here's the sheep. And they're coming to the sheepfold. They're going to go into this gated little area. And they, uh, the stranger can't get them in there. Come here, little sheepy, sheepy, sheepy. Come on. Because they don't know his voice. Mm. But yet when the shepherd steps up, I mean, those sheep just respond because they know his voice. It's like Tex. Oh, right my now. gosh. <laughs> you know, I have a dog, you know, and you know this, Tex. You know, people are so amazed. In fact, we just got through doing some stuff at the Institute. And my dog, I just opened the back of my Jeep, and he sits in the back, and people come by, Jax, come here. He won't even look at him. He doesn't even acknowledge they, they're alive. 
Why? Because they don't have the voice of the master. Mm. It's not that I'm that good. I'm just his master. Yeah. And he listens to me. I feed him. He knows why I'm, I'm going to protect him. He knows that even I've had to reprove him. But he goes, I only do what is best for him. It's amazing that the shepherd knows this and the sheep know that about that. That's really good. And um, yeah, one of the imagery I love about this yeah. is you've got this thief, this robber. Oh, man. That can't go through the gate. Nope. So he's climbing over the sidewall, yep. trying to get in. And I just wonder when I read this passage, what are the little thieves in my life oh, man. that are trying to come through a back door, yeah. through a side fence, mm-hmm. that are trying to climb over and 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 get into the place of my intimacy with God? Yeah. And 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 he talks about strangers' voices later in the text. Yeah. And you just wonder how many strangers' voices mm-hmm. are trying to capture our mm-hmm. attention that are contrary mm-hmm. to the Word of God. And that's... Go ahead. You were going to well, say something. Well, no, Chad. I was just going. I was going to ask you because I watch your schedule right now. You've got four kids. You're you're going absolutely a hundred miles an hour, taking kids to activities and school and all this going. On. What are the voices you're hearing? Yeah. Because I guarantee you, there's the devil's trying to sneak into your pen. Yeah. I mean, I think, and you hit on it already, but it's like you're tired. You're um, you're mentally and physically exhausted. Mm. I know all of our parents that are listening yeah. feel that. Um, and so quickly Satan creeps in and goes, you don't need to be intentional in this conversation right. while you're riding with your kids. Or maybe you can sleep in a little bit later or whatever it is, whatever. right? That maybe this isn't a priority. And when you're in that season, it, it really amplifies the need to go, like if I'm not led by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and can hear the voice of the mm-hmm. Father, I am going to fail, mm. and I'm going to fly off the handle in a moment yeah. because because everything is at such max yeah. capacity. And I think one of the things I learned from you early on is you're only busy if you don't have purpose. Right. And I think that is what has driven this season of life for me is how do I, in the busyness, never lose sight of that purpose mm. with my kids, with my wife, and ultimately mm. with the voice of the Father. Well, you know, it's, it's a trust issue. Mm. You know, those sheep trust you. And your kids trust you. My wife trusts me. And I often have to ask the question to myself, do I trust myself? Mm. You know, and, and I can only trust myself to the extent that I'm firmly rooted. And because I know how fleshly I am. Mm. And I do understand John 10.10. 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy me. He doesn't take, you know, uh, hostages and say, I'm going to treat you well. Yeah. I mean, his, his whole goal is to destroy everything about your family, your witness. Because see, I really believe this, Chad, and this is what just captivates me all the time in my thoughts. Satan can't steal my salvation. Therefore, he wants to ruin my reputation. Mm. And that's the subtleness that the devil just keeps speaking in your in my ear. Hey, you're too tired. You don't have time for the word. You don't have time for prayer. Turn on that song. That's a great song. That radio, man, you need to listen to Fox Channel. I mean, and you're so caught up in the stuff that the things that matter the most, the Word of God and your prayers, they become distant in the rearview mirror. Mm, it's good. And it really lends to what verse 3 is talking mm. about. And we can close uh, with verse 3. But he says this, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. And, you know, in America, our, our cowboys lead their sheep or cow, cattle, yeah. whatever, from the rear. Yeah. But in Israel... 
the shepherd would go out before the sheep. Mm. And like you said, he would use those specific mm. calls and they would know his voice mm. so well that no other shepherd could deceive mm. them. No other thief could come over the side mm. wall and confuse them. They would hear the voice of the, sh- the shepherd mm. and they would follow. Oh. That'll preach. I mean, we yeah. don't need to say there's no more, right? It's, no. it's just so powerful. What, what words of wisdom would you have as you look back now at 45 years of yeah. ministry and watching people hear the voice of the Father and hear yeah. watching others hear the voice of the thief? You know, boundaries are needed. You know, the, the shepherd, no matter how old you are or how young you are, the shepherd calls you by name. And he wants to lead you into safety. And I have to listen to him. Because so often I see the boundaries that are set up there and I don't think they apply to me. I want to do what I want to. There's something about my nature that believes that freedom is doing what I want. Mm. And if I could impart one thing of you know, the, the last 45 years of my life of ministry is that I would say this. Freedom is not doing what you want, want but freedom is being obedient to God's word Mm. and to the calling of God and listening to the spirit of God. And that frees me. And, and, you know, I've never been more at freedom in my life as I've been right now. And I'm getting old, you know, but I praise God for that to serve the Lord with all my heart. And I don't have to, I'm still abide by the same shepherd. I'm still listening to the same shepherd's voice. But that voice had become so much more intimate with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just the closeness yeah, of is. the Father. Mm. It's a good word. And it's a good word for us, mm. young, younger folks that are yeah. listening to go, what does it look like to learn the voice yeah. better each year yeah. so that when we get to your stage, we, we go, this is sweet. Yeah. This is sweet. It is good. Because we've seen a lot of people that late in their life don't hear the voice. Yeah. And, well, and, the thief gets them. Yeah. And that, 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 that is an absolute fact. He's out there. And some of y'all today may have been already gotten. Yeah. And you're going, man, how do I, I'm broke down and how do I get renewed? I'm going to tell you something. The devil steals, but God brings back. Yeah. And at any moment, all you got to do is say, Jesus, will you forgive me? I'm so sorry. I've made mistakes. And he hears that. You're not too far away. And you still can hear the voice of the shepherd. He's calling you by name. Yeah. He's never, he's never quit calling you. Yeah. You just put your fingers in your ears and ran. Yeah. And he says, I want you back. So, if you're out there today and you've really struggled and you're going, man, I can't, I want it back the way it used to be, God forgives. He turn heals, back, turn back. Turn back, and he'll He'll call you in. He's always there. So praise God for that. Praise God. What a great way to end. Uh, if you get a chance today, John 1, excuse me, Psalm 1, and then John 10, 1 through 6, get a chance in there. Go, go back, look at the text, and allow God's word to bring to, to life the voice of our shepherd. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us here on the Canica Against the Two podcast.